back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. Tonight, we're covering Season 3, Episode 18, Rebound Bro. Hi, Jen. Hey, Steve. I don't really have anything to cover before we go into this. I will say that I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was a really fun episode. But yeah, I don't have any news or anything. And I had to confess, and you didn't give me too hard a time about this, like you usually do, but I actually could not find my ranking for this anywhere in my rankings, which means I forgot to rank it. So I had to retrack all the way through the episode and stick it into my rankings. Which I still don't understand how this doesn't impact every other ranking. Every Everything else that's ranked lower than it moves down one. Right, so ones that we've already done now are out of place. Right, so everybody, if you've been keeping track <laughs> of where I've ranked every episode, just add one to everything that's ranked behind this one when you find out what the ranking of this one is, and you should be okay. I don't know. I think, and I'm pretty I think we have to start over now. I'm pretty sure everyone's keeping track of all my rankings and that guessing to themselves. Like people and, are definitely doing. Yeah. All right, well, we'll just jump in. The first thing we get is the narrator recapping what happened last week in the limo with Ted and Barney. Right. So essentially, Ted and Barney have broken up. They are no longer friends. They are no longer bros. And we start right into this one. We're at the bar. (laughs) Ted's getting a call from Barney. And apparently Barney's been calling him a lot. And we we get a funny exchange of (laughs) Barney saying, while at work, Ted, I'm sorry I haven't returned your calls. So he's placing Ted in this position of, as though Ted's been trying to reach out to him. Ted, It's unclear why Ted's answering the phone after he says Barney's called him 15 times. Like, why isn't he just blocking or letting go to voicemail? That's a good point. It's clearly just a writing device here. Mm -hmm. It leads to some funny lines. (laughs) Um, Ted, are you crying? Oh, I actually, that's my worst joke of the (laughs) episode. Okay, well, I kind of liked it, and he's like, let it out. Let it out. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. And the gang, you know, after he hangs up, gets a little concerned and wants to know if they've solved their differences. And Bar- Ted just says, you know, there's nothing to solve. I'm j- I just don't have room for him in my life anymore. Right. I do. <laughs> Marshall's, yeah, clearly missing Barney. He hasn't high-fived anyone in a week, and he's starting to lose his fist bump callus. Do you think that was funny? I did. Well, that's my worst joke then. <laughs> See how see how it feels Ouch. when people right to the heart. See, <laughs> did you not think that was funny? Nah, not really. But it's not my worst joke. But <laughs> I just I just wanted to. Oh, Jen, are you crying? Let it out. I will end this podcast now. <laughs> Robin's also curious as to why he's madder at Barney than herself. Yeah, because he doesn't seem mad at her at all. No, and there's a good exchange where Lily says that. Yeah, she had just as much sex with Barney as Barney had with her. And Robin says, you know what, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> it's a good little quick one-liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ted says, you know, he's forgiven Robin, but as you said earlier, yeah, he's just outgrown Barney. doesn't have room for him anymore. And Lily attributes it to him being happy with Stella in, the, in his life. Apparently they've been together for two months now. The friends have met her, and we see a little, you know, flashback, although with no sound or anything, right. I don't think, just, yeah, of her right. hanging out with them, having fun. There's a lot of high fives mm-hmm. and uh, chest bumping, or in this case, boob bumping. <laughs> right. We're back at the apartment, and there was one little problem that the narrator didn't elaborate on at the end of the last scene, which is that 
the two of them have not had sex yet after two months. Right. So Lily points out that when her and Marshall had been dating for two months, they were doing it all the time. <laughs> you know, we've seen this from Ted before, but Ted knows he was in the top bunk and sat next to them at football games. I hope he's kidding. I don't think he is. I remember there was a video online once of a sec, a couple having sex at a baseball game. Really? Yeah, like someone in the stands way below them record, like video taped it on their phone, I guess. It's like very early on when you could do, uh, when you could take video on your phone. Mm-hmm. And like you saw the girl kind of sitting on his lap and moving around and stuff. Oh, wow. She had like a sundress on. And it really made its rounds. Poor couple's family, but that's the risk you take. Right. (laughs) At least maybe this was before you could do video on your phones. Yeah, I mean, if they were in college in the late 90s. Two months. How long do we wait? (laughs) Never mind. Two hours? Oh, stop. (laughs) Then they start talking about how many federal holidays have passed (laughs) in the two months that they were dating and... Right, because Marshall says, you know, so Ted hasn't had sex since Thanksgiving, which I guess was when him and Robin hooked up. Right, when they were baking the pie. Right, so... I hadn't hadn't thought about what that actually was, but good catch. Right, so, you know, I thought this was going to lead to more of the examples, but the only one we get is Martin Luther King Day, and apparently Marshall and Lily honored him in their own special way. Yeah, Marshall says, yeah, I do remember that day. He he owes that dude a big time. I, that, I could have done without those jokes. Um, so there's a couple more lines about Ted really being horny. Oh, sorry, you hit that Ew. word. <laughs> there's a, lot of, a, a couple more mentions of Ted being thirsty. And we cut to Barney's office. We get Will Forte as Randy entering Barney's office, and I really like Will Forte, although he he always uses this weird way of talking, of speaking. He has sort of a way of... It's his shtick. Delivery. Yeah, it is his stick, shtick, but he does it a lot. Like he, it's, it's his go-to. And I, mm-hmm. I think it works I, for this character, at least. It does, but I also see him use it on Saturday Night Live and skits. He, it was basically the same voice he was kind of using through most of Last Man Alive. The last man on Earth. Earth. Oh, see, I was just thinking, I don't think he did that in that, because he was a bit of a different type of character, like a little more jaded and mean. Yeah, but he's, I feel like he's, his line delivery was also still very similar. But at any rate, I, I still like Randy. I think he's a great character. He made my top ten. He's bringing Barney his new Sky Mall <laughs> catalog. Yes. I mean, they're really leaning into this Sky Mall thing in the last couple episodes. Right. Randy's been tracking him on the blogosphere, that he needs a new wingman, and he's up for the job. And then he tells, you know, Barney's clearly not interested in this, but Randy says, just do something with your eyebrow. Was that it? And Barney's looking completely stone-faced at him. Right. Purposely not moving his eyebrow. Right. Barney's not interested, you know, in his head, this is very, you know, very, very important role. It's the vice president of Awesome, and Randy is only the assistant undersecretary of... Only okay. That was a good line, and Randy takes it in stride. Assistant Undersecretary of Only Okay. Thank you. I will not let you down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's taking this as a promotion. <laughs> so then Barney is searching for a new wingman, and I like this series of mm-hmm. calls he's making out. The first one's kind of dull, the guy in the hospital, and 
then Barty still wants to know if he wants to go out. That I thought that part was weak, but then we go to um, Doug Stein. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Stapleton. Then. Yeah. Then we're going to Stapleton, and Stapleton's already out, clearly, at a bar. Barney says he needs a new bro. Stapleton tells him that he's, he'd love to, but he's bros with Doug Stein. And I, I like how you can only have one bro. <laughs> right. Like, there's no, hey, you want to come out and meet out with us and do something? It's, look, this is my bro. And I also like how when he says it out loud, Doug Stein hears him and looks over in acknowledgement. <laughs> and Barney gets it. Doug Stein's a good bro. <laughs> yeah, he's happy for him. And now here's one of my favorite parts with Crazy Willie. And I just love Crazy Willie. Mm-hmm. Every, I love everything about this guy. <laughs> Even how pumped up he is to serve wine and cheese. But... Uh, Crazy Willie, Barney Stimson. What up, B-Dog? Long time no bro. <laughs> so are we going to tear it up tonight or what? And this seems very promising. You're like, all right, right. Barney's found a wig man. Barney's very excited, and it turns out what is on the rocket docket. I really like that word. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Please don't start is, using that. Is that his wife is going to put the cheese out. They're going to play cranium. Uh, they're going to watch 27 dresses. Everyone's Everyone home by 11. 11. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> And it's great that, yeah, go ahead. It's like Barney just hangs up on him. <laughs> and then I think one of the best line or bits of the episode is he then calls him back. To hang up on him again. Yeah, yeah to really hang good. up on him once wasn't enough. <laughs> I remember, you know, this whole thing of this is all the things they're doing and everyone's home by 11 of when Tyler was little and we were hanging out with a lot of the couples with wives from the mom's group that you're in. We would do the New Year's Eve together. Mm-hmm. And we'd all be out of there by, like, 10.30 or 11. Right. Well, yeah, because that's when the kids were, like, itty-bitty. Too. Right. So this kind of makes me think of that as uh, everyone's <laughs> home by 11. Booyah. Right. <laughs> home in time for pajamas to watch the ball drop. And sadly, this past New Year's, we're like, we really miss those lame New Year's parties. Because <laughs> we sat here by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our friends that threw it did a good job with it, and it was what it was supposed to be, but... We were also coming off of years and years of partying for New Year's, and yeah, not... Yeah, no, it was fun for, you know, parents of infants. It wasn't, you know, compared to all of the excitement and clubs and things we used to do back in the day. Sure. We're in Stella's office. Her and Ted are having one of their short lunches. She's telling a story of... Lansing, the guy. Can we not go into the details? It sounds so gross. But it's funny that, you know, the explosion of it... Turns dead on. Oh. Is that what you thought it was? I, I took it as he's not really listening. He's just looking for any sort I of... I think it could go either way. Okay. I get what you're saying that, you know, it's just him not paying attention but just wanting to get it on. But it's also... I don't think it's a coincidence of what she was describing. Pus. Explosion. <laughs> you get it? Ew. Penis. Vagina. Stop it. Stuff. <laughs> You're just trying to gross me out this whole episode. <laughs> We're not having sex for a while, are we? Are we? <laughs> All right. She calms him down. He said, I'll wait. It's cool. And But not before he first posits a three-way between her, him, and the door because the door doesn't lock. He's mm-hmm. really just grasping at straws here. It was a weird line. It was, but I like her follow-up that it's just going to be weird between her and the door tomorrow. <laughs> not a fan of that one. <laughs> Maybe because it followed on something I didn't like either. Mm-hmm. I don't think that saved it, but... Stella starts to admit that she's got a confession. You get kind of a bad joke of, I was afraid of this, you're 14. Yeah, didn't care for that. It's not my least favorite yet, so. 
she's embarrassed. She hasn't been intimate with anybody in a long time. And then, you know, he says him too. He shows her how long with his fingers, five fingers, me too. Turns out for her it's five years, although that gets revealed when he's back at the apartment with the gang. Mm-hmm. They're all yelling, five years. We get kind of a weird set of facts by Marshall of what all the <laughs> things that have happened since. And some of them were okay, but a lot of them, we'll, we'll go through it. All I right. kind of thought it was, I thought it was a funny concept. Stella hasn't had sex since 2003. I think we're in 08 or so now, or 09 maybe. Yeah, it's May of 2008 at this point. That's right. Add five years on 2003. That would have been an easier way for me to think of it. Yes. <laughs> and... And Last time Stella had sex, the movie Seabiscuit had just galloped into the ears. And our hearts. I have that ranked number 40 on my top movies of all time. Hmm. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, it's not the top movies. It's my favorite movies. Ah. There's a difference. Of course there is. And, yeah. go ahead. It, was it, it wasn't the last episode. It was a couple episodes ago where we saw, you know, how desperate Lily can get. So, <laughs> she, playing true to character... As, you know, if she even had to go one year, she would be selling it for a nickel on the street. Right. There's a mention of SARS. I don't want to go through back, tell the young Too folks soon. what SARS was. And they're looking for, you know, can, did she explain this to you? It turns out Stella couldn't trust enough everyone that she had dated before had given her a reason not to sleep with them. And she's and, a single parent. Like, I, I get that, like. If you're a single parent, you're not trying to, like, bring random people around your kid. Yeah. If you were a single parent, I think you'd be out on the street selling it for a nickel. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but people wouldn't. (laughs) Regular people, not celebrity podcasters. Exactly. And she has a, you know, a common line, but I think it's always a good one. I think I've heard it outside of this, but I definitely remember it from this, that guys re- guys regret the girls they didn't sleep with. Girls regret the guys they do sleep with. And she's had no regrets. And, right. and Ted's staring at her boobs. And they were staring back. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> so she thinks she's ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, her, her come online isn't... Super strong. <laughs> I don't think I'd regret it at all. Yeah, Ted has a good follow-up. Your pillow talk's a little rusty. <laughs> right. But pillow talk, people don't use that No. That expression anymore. I don't think so. So she said he's re- she's ready. He jokes right now ready, which makes her laugh. She's got a great laugh. Mm-hmm. I, like how, I like when he makes her laugh. Right. So her sister's going to watch her daughter, and then they're going to get a hotel room. It's going to be all romantic and... Yeah, so they have a plan, so it's good. Marshall talks about, I don't like this party. He says, you know, she hasn't had sex since the Da Vinci Code came out. Robin thinks that wasn't that long ago. He said it's the book. And Marshall's face here. Usually his face is like a highlight for me when he's delivering lines, but here he's a little too impressed with his own list. <laughs> I don't know. I still liked it. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the face he's making here, but I still like this joke concept. Marshall, when it comes to lists, leave it to the professionals. Now Ted realizes, wow, yeah, this is going to be a lot of pressure. And the gang kind of tries to talk him down from this, but Lily does a cute little flashback to her longest (laughs) drought. You want to talk about it? 
Sure. So, yeah, Lily points out, like, it's not going to be a big deal. Like, you know, it's been so long, anything's going to be better than nothing. And she talks about when she was in San Francisco, and it had been two months and 19 days for her, and there was an earthquake, and she just kind of rides along with it. Mm -hmm. Looks like it's working out well for her. I thought it was kind of nice to learn that she had remained faithful to Marshall. Uh, Yeah, I guess it After it had been gone for two months. Yeah. I mean, God bless if she was sleeping all around with everybody. I don't care, but... I think it's kind of sweet that that wasn't the case. And I don't think Marshall slept with anybody. No. He had quite a few dates. No, because remember, Barney kept blocking it. Yeah, and then crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the assumption, I think, was always there that she hadn't, just because they're Marshall and Lily. I never thought of it until rewatching this one. Oh, okay. And I completely, yeah, it didn't, it never crossed my mind. Because, like I said, if she had, it would have been understandable. New City... Right. And that's interesting because it's like, you know, she didn't break up with him because she wanted to be with other people. She wanted to do this thing for herself. And he he was kind of the one that, like, broke it up and said, well, if you go, then we're done. So it wasn't that she necessarily wanted to be out looking for anybody else. But, yeah, she could have taken the opportunity regardless. She also, I think I remember her not being able to guarantee that Nothing would change between them if she left. Right. So yeah, that's true. She seemed very tentative about being committed to the relationship, even though she was going to be over there for a few months. Marshall is now looking at notable deaths in 2003 and didn't realize that Nell Carter had died. I don't know who this is. <laughs> Nell Carter, she was a sort of a plump black actress in the 80s. I mean, earlier than that, probably the 70s too, but she came to more notoriety in the 80s when she had her own sitcom called Give Me a Break. Never heard of it. I watched it. That was one of the sitcoms I was watching in the 80s, and she was the housekeeper at a house of suburban Caucasians where there was, I think, three daughters and a dad. And so she was the mother figure, the the matriarch of the house, because she kind of kept the house together. And, you know, she had her own life, too. You know, they'd bring her friends in. They'd have cameos with her and Sammy Davis Jr. Hmm. Um, I think it might have been a spinoff from something else. The I, I also remember that Joey Lawrence was on, like, the last season or two of it as the new cute kid they brought in. Okay. So he came in at like age eight or nine as oh, the cute itty kid. Itty. To, okay. but Maybe Marshall watched the show too. He's really feeling <laughs> some feelings about this. Yeah, she was, you know, for not having been in too many recognizable things, she actually got a, quite a lot of notoriety out of this gig. And there's probably a lot of other things she's been in that I just don't know about that I wasn't aware of. But yeah, she, she was sort of a good song and dance actress. Hmm. And when it, it Integrate that into that show a lot. Okay. So yeah, it was it was there's a lot of those kind of sitcoms that p- people like you wouldn't remember. Okay, well that's pr- probably as much time as we want to spend on Nell Carter. So moving on. Right. So Marshall suggests that it's <laughs> all about managing the expectations. Wait a second. I I don't know if I like this joke or not. I'm trying to decide, and maybe you can help me. Okay. Ted says, "Yeah, I'm really gonna have to bring my A game to satisfy this woman." And Robin says, "Yeah, it'll be pretty hard now that she's dead." And Ten says, not Nell Carter, Stella. And on Robin's face, 
she really thought he was talking about Nell Carter because her look, her look <laughs> on her face was like, oh, oh, yeah. So I don't know if I could. I was sort of in the middle on that joke of it's kind of funny, but she's not that dumb. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really care for it in the moment, but I guess I missed Robin's face, so maybe that makes it funnier. Now we're going to cover the part where they get into expectations management. Mm-hmm. So Marshall points out that he hated Jerry Maguire because Ted pumped it up for too much, build up the expectations. Uh, I'd like to mention that Jerry Maguire's ranked number 23 <laughs> on my favorite movies list. Continue on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 23, that's, that's pretty high. It's a good movie. But Marshall didn't like it. Ted pumped it up too much. Um, yeah. Good line from Ted of, yeah, why didn't you like Jerry Maguire? Because you're dead inside. <laughs> and so, yeah, he suggests that Ted just lower the expectations. Marshall gets a call out of nowhere and he goes, hey, buddy, I'm married, Barney. I cannot be a new wingman. And then <laughs> immediately Robin's phone rings. And she says, no, and hangs up. up. <laughs> she actually was a good wingman once. Yeah, that's true. We're in Barney's office, and now Barney's hit rock bottom, so he's going to recruit Randy to be his wingman. He asks Randy to come in as Randy's carrying a really huge box with somebody else. Randy just kind of dumps the box. Right, and comes running in. And Barney's calling him up to the majors. So starting the next night, he's going to be the new wingman. Randy tries to play it cool and says, let me check my calendar, I'll be right back. And then we get a really good dance scene <laughs> from Randy, which includes the robot. What else did I see in it? Do you remember what other I don't. signature moves he had? No, I don't even remember the robot. Oh, he did like a air guitar thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Which was my favorite part of it. Right. And then... Because he doesn't seem to know that Barney could see this whole thing comes back. <laughs> Even though he knows Barney's office is glass-walled. But it's funny. And he comes in very cool and just says, yeah, tomorrow works. Hmm. All right, now here's your part. Why don't you go ahead? Yay! <laughs> so we're back at Stella's office. Ted and Stella are having lunch, and Ted brought potato skins. It's been forever since he's had potato skins. He remembers them being pretty much the most delicious things ever. But then he tries one. That's surprising. The potato skin, it's good, but not nearly as good as he built it up in his head. And as soon as he says the word head, they pan to her, and she you can see on her face, she already, she already <laughs> realizes what he's doing. Right. The potato skin performed admirably and is a totally respectable size. But Ted could not enjoy it because of his own unrealistic expectations. As we said last week, this is language or dialogue we use every single time. <laughs> We are eating potato skins. And if you listened to last week's episode, I'd said I really wanted potato skins, and we then ordered them the next day for lunch. Yes. And they were delicious. They were in my <laughs> admirable size. They were kind of They small. performed well. They performed very well for how small they each were. But there was a lot of them, so. <laughs> There's something there. <laughs> <laughs> but now, talking about them again, now I feel like I'm going to have to order potato skins again for lunch tomorrow. Very, very easily manipulated. Yes, by any sort of food in media. Stella tells him she sees what he's doing and tries to get to the bottom of it. Uh, you know, what's your problem? You're quick on the draw, unexpected number of testicles. Is it a length thing? Yeah. And he says, no, it's this is a big deal for you. I mean, it's like your virginity, the sequel. And she <laughs> says, uh, virginity too, electric boogaloo. So many of you may not get that reference. <laughs> I'm sure most people will not. 
Because I was a neighborhood-renowned breakdancer in my youth, (laughs) I watched the movie Breakin over and over and over again, much to the dismay of my family, who had to <laughs> let me pick, allow me to pick one of the movies every so often on the weekends. And I would keep getting the same one. And eventually there was a sequel to Breakin'. Oh, by the way, uh, Breakin' star- starred a dancer named Shabadoo who passed away a few months ago, so rest in peace, Shabadoo. And then they came out with the... They came out with the sequel to it, and it was called Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo, which was very catchy, and you hear this referred to a lot, something part two, Electric Boogaloo. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that title, the two wasn't nearly as good as the first one. But it rhymed. But the title rhymed. It just worked. And I've heard it mentioned in pop culture in so many different ways. I can't think of them right now off the top of my head, but we're, you know, 20 years later... They're using it in How I Met Your Mother. So (laughs) it just works because it rhymes. Right. He just wants to make sure it's going to be worth it for her. And she has a nice line of, stop worrying. It's you and me. It already has everything it needs. Very sweet. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the further explanation of unexpected number of testicles. Yeah. The one ball away from getting walked. I get what they're saying, but. Right. I didn't think it was very funny. We're at the bar. Barney's there. Randy shows up, calls Barney Brosif Lieberman. <laughs> and Barney has to correct him. We do not use the word bro in the name of a failed Democratic vice presidential candidate. So Randy then has to scratch Geraldine Ferrar, bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> Barney's excited, and he's going to try and make Randy into the greatest wingman in the history of wingmen. And Randy thinks it's going to be easy because he's been reading his blog for so long. And that's why tonight's going to be legendary, wait for it, dairy. <laughs> Poor Randy. He's trying so hard. Barney sets his sight on two young women. And Randy says he's ready, but then as he's going to join Barney with them, he sort of freaks out and then ends up having to give himself a pep talk. Okay, let's go. No, yes, no. Randy, listen to me. You can do this, Okay. I don't know. Are those girls really that hot? Yes, they're hot. Barney's face during all this is very confused. But he's Randy finally self-motivates. Barney walks over. Hey, ladies, have you met? And then we pan over to Randy, who's hiding under <laughs> right. the table in the booth. Just a good visual. Yeah, very good visual. Like, literally cowering in the booth. We're at the apartment. Stella shows up. Ted says that they're going to get a horse-drawn carriage to the park. He's got the Philharmonic playing in an open air. And she's like, no. Five years, Ted. Right. So they're going to go straight to the hotel. Marshall and Lily show up, and oh my God. They're just What the is worst. wrong with them? <laughs> this is the worst they've ever been, ever. Yeah, this is worse than them staying in the bathroom. Much. When Ted's trying to hook they up were, on the couch. That was trying to be helpful. <laughs> This is yeah, the opposite of that. But they should have just come out right away and been like, hey, right. guys, you know, right. anyways. So, yeah, Marshall starts it off with, hey, so are you looking forward to tonight? 
which is fine. Like, you know, I guess in theory he knows, like, you know, they're having a night out, you know, they know she's a single parent. Like, okay, this is still within the realm of normal That's a good point. That's a good point. This could still be normal, although right away I think she seems a little... No, eh, I guess not. she's not quite suspicious yet, but she said she hasn't had a night out in a while, and then Lily piles on with night out. Right. I would explode if it's been that long since I had a night out. And then Marshall makes it worse. Sometimes Lily wakes him up at 4 a.m. for a night out, and Stella's immediately knows what they're talking about. Yeah, and Stella, Ted walks in, Stella says, you told them, and then Marshall tries to play it off like this is brand new information, (laughs) as he often does. So Ted tries to rationalize it that, you know, they're my best friends, I tell them everything, and Stella is rightfully mad. There's a line that Jerry Seinfeld uses in one of the episodes of Seinfeld that I would have liked to have heard Ted use here. There's a Seinfeld where Jerry's dating a woman that likes the Cotton Docker commercials. Mm -hmm. And Jerry does it. And Jerry, they get into a big fight about it. And Jerry tells his friends about it. So the next time his friends see her, they keep bringing up the Cotton Dockers. Right. And she says to Jerry, "You you didn't have to tell your friends about it. And Jerry says, no, I had to tell my friends about it. They didn't have to tell you I told them. (laughs) Right. And I think that's what we're dealing with here is, yes, he had to tell them about it, but they didn't have to tell her that he told them about it. They should have been cognizant enough not to let it slip that they know this information. It's just such a bad move on their part. Stella ends this with saying, you know, it makes her feel like a freak. She realizes it's weird. Not many people go five years without having sex. And then for some reason, we need a scene where they go back to the bar and Barney discovers that Randy's gone 13 years without sex. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Interrupts, you know, their fight, but explains a bit about Randy. (laughs) He peaked really young. Stella says he just revealed the reason why, the reason why she will not sleep with him to her. Right. And he points out, probably rightfully, that you were looking for one. And that makes sense, psychologically. That, that, maybe, that's not a stretch. Maybe, but that was a big reason. <laughs> like, that's a big betrayal of confidence. I suppose it is. So, yes, she may have been looking, but she didn't have to look too hard with, with his activity. All right, forgive us if the rest of the episode is not as well recapped because the scripts we printed out only went this far. And now we had to work from our notes, which we haven't had to do for a long time. And I can't read my own handwriting, so <laughs> it's going to be tricky. <laughs> All right, so... So Ted points out that, you know, their relationship's getting serious. It's, you know, it's getting scary to her, and Stella just leaves. Right. Then we cut back to the bar, and we have Barney trying to coach Randy, saying what the beginner... Te- you know, asking him to review for him what he told him the beginner techniques of picking up women are. It's to separate them from their friends, repeat her name constantly in conversation. I don't get that one. It's supposed I've to, like, be endearing. It actually kind of bothers me when people use my name. I don't know why. It's like, I don't know if, like, I think people are trying to try too hard. And then subtly put her down. That one I know about. Right, so I guess, was this the time of all of that, like, pickup artists? I think it was. You know, stuff. Yeah, there's so a... This was like a whole... There's a well-known shtick. guy, I can't remember what his name was, Mystique or something like God, that. What was that guy's name? Something like that, yeah. It was something like made him sound like a magician. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book on 
picking up women, and then he had his own MTV show where he would take guys out and give them lines to use. and Right, and teach them how to, to be Barney, apparently, you know, essentially. <laughs> More or less, except for he was really weird looking. He had really long black hair. Did he wear a top he, hat? Yeah, he dressed very strangely, and he wore a lot of and I think face that, makeup. I think that was part of the, the shtick, though, is it's like, ooh, you're giving yourself this... Air of mystery that is weird, and people are going to be interested because you're weird. Top hat, hmm. Maybe that would work for me. Okay, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> going to get a cane, too. Randy is going to give this a shot. So he approaches a woman, introduces himself, and then backs away and kind of motions for her to follow him. Yeah, he's being real creepy, but for some reason she's sort of going with he it. Yeah, kind of a nice... You know, your name is very pretty kind of thing going for a second. And so she she pauses and then she's like, okay. I mean, it's only a couple right. feet away yeah. from her friend. Yeah, yeah. It's not like she's, not she's disappearing in the alleyway. <laughs> so, yeah, she steps away and he... <laughs> goes a little overboard with his... Right. It fails on the subtlety and calls her a fat, ugly whore. Yeah, Marshall kind of failed on this, too, when he was trying it, when Barty was coaching him. Where right. He goes, hey, four eyes, you got astigmatism? <laughs> <laughs> right. She throws a drink at him. Barney has a weird line that eventually he'll teach him how to catch the drink in his mouth. Yeah, you can anticipate it, it, and then he mimics, like, moving his head to where the drink's going to be. It's kind of funny. Eh, okay. <laughs> All right, now they're going to approach two new ladies, and <laughs> Barney compliments one of them on a brooch she's wearing. She says it's a koala bear. And <laughs> this was a, a Hail Mary from Barney. There was no way the way Randy's been going so far right. that he was going to be able to handle this curveball. But he <laughs> says that Randy is the leading expert in uh, koala bears in Australia. And the girl asks him what his favorite thing about, about koala bears are. And in a very poor <laughs> Australian accent. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just a really creepy voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it came out. That's why it worked so well. But yes, his his favorite thing about them is that their meat is delicious. <laughs> the girls just turn around and Barney's face is in pure puzzlement. <laughs> so Barney has recruited Robin. Yeah, he just needs to get Randy comfortable saying words to women. <laughs> Apparently Barney threatened her with posting the video of their sexcapades online. Which again is confusing because it wasn't at his house, so... Good point. You know. Well, he didn't do it, but she felt threatened enough enough that... There's enough concern that she... Came all the way out from Brooklyn at midnight. Right. I like her face when he says it, like, damn. (laughs) We get some pleasant back and forth with Randy and Robin, and then at some point she just busts in. Yet, your nose is bleeding like a faucet. (laughs) Right. So, Randy lets them in on a secret that... His nose bleeds every time he gets an erection. Which doesn't seem so secret. He gives it up way too easily to call that a secret. <laughs> That's true. But it's a funny reveal that that just strange guy. Right. So he goes off to take care of that. And Robin and Barney are talking about, you know, why is, why is Barney trying so hard? Like, you know, this guy isn't Ted. Like, you're clearly just having a rebound, bro. Mm-hmm. I like... When Randy does come back, it's the, the nosebleed hasn't clotted, but it's draining backwards now. So and Barney gags. <laughs> right. <laughs> Barney says it's not working out. 
Randy reveals that nothing ever works out, like when he was a cop for three months, and Barney thinks this is something they can use for him to meet women. So we have him talking to a woman now, and she's impressed that he's a a cop. Did you ever shoot anybody? He's like, only all the time. We'll just say that joke didn't age well. Yeah, I think it was funny at the time just because he was so enthusiastic when he said it. Right. Potentially. So, it, you know, this works. He, you know, his nose starts bleeding and Barney uses this as an opportunity to say he has a bullet lodged in his sinus and the girl feels bad and offers to take him to her apartment to help take care of him. And so they leave together. Barney celebrates. He's the best wingman ever. But it didn't feel as good as when he set Ted up with women. <laughs> and he kind of cries that Robin pointed that out. Right. We're back at the apartment... Stella shows up and apologizes for overreacting. She admitted that she was probably looking for a reason, and she's still in, but... Does Ted never say that he's sorry? Like, I'm just thinking, like, she comes over and apologizes. I don't think Ted ever does. Respect. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he probably did owe her an apology. Or maybe, he's, maybe he said it when she first found out. Maybe. We'd have to go back, like, three pages, and that'll take way too long. <laughs> But yeah, it seems like she's taking full responsibility for this one. This was really Ted's screw-up. Yeah, but instead of sleeping with him that night, she brings him back to meet Lucy. So it's it's kind of, okay... But then they sleep together. Oh, that's like true. a couple hours later. All right, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, she says her sister's in town for another day or so, and they can get a hotel room, and then they just run into the bedroom and sleep with each other, and it goes well. Right, and so as soon as it's done, Ted leans over to pick up the phone to tell Marshall and Lily. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah... Kind of cute. Okay. You're kind of cute. Thanks. Uh Uh-oh. I'm getting a nosebleed. Ew. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was going to be my closer, but (laughs) I had an opening there. All right. Where do you think I rate this? Mm, 49. Uh, 34. Damn. There were quite a few laugh-out-loud moments for me, and... There's a lot of stuff that were iconic for us here. There's the, <laughs> yeah, I should have given it a potato skin bump. I there's three things I identified as iconic for us. One was the potato skin. Two was all the Barney bro stuff, especially Crazy Willie. Mm-hmm. Long time no bro. <laughs> here's what here's what's on the rocket docket. I think I've mentioned those things a couple of times. There was a third thing here that I thought was pretty iconic too. I but I can't remember what it is at this point. And at any rate. What's your favorite joke? I think my favorite joke was <laughs> that Randy is the assistant undersecretary of Only Okay. Mine was all the Crazy Willie stuff. Mm-hmm. The hanging up on him twice. The, yeah. The just the up, whole persona of Crazy Willie. Yeah, the hanging up twice was um, my second place contender for favorite joke. Long time no bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best things someone said with the word bro in it on this show. <laughs> I really got to believe that Carter Bays and Craig Thomas Craig Thomas hung around people that used the word bro a lot and found ways to sink it into conversations, even if it was just joking. Probably. It would make they, sense. They just come up with too many things. <laughs> Least favorite? Um, probably be like, Ted, are you crying at the very beginning of the episode? Oh, right. Mine was the one ball short of a walk okay. from Stella. Next week... We're covering Everything Must Go, and that episode is amazing. I don't have any context for it. 
What is it? So it's where they have to sell Lily's clothes. Oh, yay! So she, so she says she wants to try and sell her paintings instead. <laughs> we get the jeek walk. Yay! Oh my god, great episode. We get... Red Brit- cowboy boots? Red cowboy boots. We get Brittany and we get <gasps> Abby and Barney coming into the bar as a couple. Oh my god. And her planning Such their so wedding. Good. Oh, so <laughs> many things. Fudgy the whale. <laughs> or cookie puss. <laughs> going to be so good. It's like an eerie wedding. <laughs> hey, there are cookie tables in Pennsylvania weddings. Oh, that sounds kind of awesome. I want to go to there. You have been to plenty of them. Okay. Well, Jen, tell people where they can write to us. We didn't get an email this week? No, I don't think we did. I don't think oh. we got anything. Danielle, where are you? I hope you're okay. Um, you can reach out to us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore. All right, folks. Well, look forward to next week. Everything must go. It's going to be awesome. Yay, I'm really excited. Bye.